Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. What if the kindergartner says, my parents aren't going to like that? Overprotective parents? How, how are you trained to deal with that? Comprehensive sex education is suicide prevention. And she said, we can't tell their parents. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you choose to listen to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Uh, it is the 10th of July, and uh, and wow, this is our last week. Uh, we started back in May, and now we are here in the middle of July, looking the beginning of another school year right in the eyes. And uh, we have been super encouraged, super blessed to have with us Dr. Glenn Schultz, the author of several books, the host of Kingdom Currents uh, podcast, the uh, president, or would you be the president of Kingdom Education Ministries or the CEO? I, I, or, I, I am the, the one staff person. The one guy. <laughs> You're, you, you got it all. A janitor um, as well, uh, I'm sure with that. But uh, um, it's been so great, uh, Dr. Schultz, just kind of getting to know you, um, hearing about your family, hearing about your background, and, uh, and excited for another school year for you again next year yes. you're uh I, I think that we your 55th 56 56th year of school and yes. uh that's um so so great and uh again please pick up a copy of kingdom education in the uh school office we're going to talk now about the future we talked about the the definition of kingdom education versus christian education we talked about the role of the uh, church, the role of the home, the role of the school. And uh, there were times where it looked a little bleak. And uh, and there will be times where it looks bleak. But remember, um, as we do have that biblical worldview, that, that God is in control. Those aren't just a few words that we mutter off to make us feel better. Um, as I've gone, I told you a couple of weeks ago, I'm working on a, a D-min. And, and the more I get to know about God, the more I get into his word, the more I the more I learn, the less I know about him, but the more I trust him. And uh, and I do want to live in that in that passage in Isaiah where God says, my ways aren't like your ways. My thoughts aren't like your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I, I do trust God. I know that he holds our future and uh, along with our past and our present. But um, in these chapters, Dr. Schultz, um, you kind of lead off with a, a pretty big word um, that, that is very uh, evident in so many uh, places. And you, you talk about secular life versus sacred life and the idea of dualism which is the effort to divide life into different parts and operate each part from a different worldview perspective. This is a lot right here, isn't it, Dr. Schultz? Yes. Um, if there is one thing that I, I think has hurt the body of Christ more than anything else is having a dualistic worldview. Yeah. Some call it an upper story, lower story. Uh, but it's basically saying uh, we've got our religious life and on Sundays we act a certain way. We believe certain things. 
but there's certain areas of our life that uh, aren't anti-Christian, but they're just secular. They're neutral. Uh, education, our work, recreation, where where God wants to reign over all of life. He yeah. doesn't divide anything up into the secular and sacred. He created all life sacred. Amen. <laughs> and, and so he wants to reign in everything. And somehow we've got to defeat this. In fact, that's why so many Christian parents still put their kids in secular programs, education programs, because they think I'm just sending them over to get academics or to get athletics. And, and that's neutral. Uh, I'm responsible for their spiritual and moral development, but the school is responsible for their academic or intellectual thinking that, that it's going to be separated from the moral. And it's not, you right. cannot, you cannot teach neutrally and, mm -hmm. and just like a textbook cannot be written neutrally. The worldview of the writer will be in that book. When you read my books, my worldview is hidden in there. And when you read it, you're going you're gonna to hear a worldview just as much as you will words. In the same way with teaching. And, yeah. and so this whole idea of the secular sacred divide has to be destroyed. Well, I, I hate to break it to you, Dr. Schultz but you're not a very good hider. Okay. Cause uh, you, you didn't hide that worldview very well in the book. Um, it is very, very evident, very, very clear. Um, and uh, I appreciate that. And we're, we're, we got a little bit of, of joking around, of course, but how do Christians avoid dualism? Uh, how do parents avoid dualism? How do just we uh, uh, avoid this idea of dualism? We've got to get to the point where we believe that God has something to say about every aspect of life mm. and that there is no such thing as neutrality. Scripture makes it clear. God doesn't say, you know, if you do this, you're for me. If you do this, you're against me. But if you sit here, you're in the middle. Right. <laughs> no, you're either for God or you're against God. You either hate God and love the world, or you hate the world and love God. There is no neutrality to life, and there's no aspect. There is no such thing as a secular vocation. Right. Whatever we do, that is what God has called us to do to help steward his creation. That That's what he said back in Genesis 1, where we're supposed mm -hmm. to have dominion over his creation we're supposed to bring it to its fullness uh, my stewardship uh part of creation has been with children and yeah. youth yeah that that's as much as parenting is a stewardship responsibility from god and so is education so we've got to really believe that that's true and then we've got to renew our minds now, now, most people, when they read Romans 12, 2, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, say, oh, yes, I've been a Christian 20 years, so my mind's been renewed. <laughs> or I go to church all the time and I've heard, no, renewing the mind is spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. That is defined in 2 Corinthians 10, where it says, to renew the mind, you have to take every thought you're thinking about anything in life and 
bring it under the scrutiny of scripture and says, does it line up with scripture? Yeah. And if it doesn't, the next verse says, punish it as disobedience. Yeah. So, so we, we don't understand the spiritual battle that takes place to renew the mind because I was in Christian school education, probably 15 to 20 years when I realized I pretty much had a, I called myself an M&M Christian. I had a secular worldview with the candy coating of Christianity. Oh, okay. And, and once that candy coating <laughs> dissolved. Yeah, it comes out. That secular worldview really controlled my life. Wow. And so I had to go and rethink everything I thought about education. Uh, what, what I write in Kingdom Education isn't something that just came to me one day. It was a battle where I was taking courses at the University of Virginia where they were telling me this, and I'd make a 90-mile drive home saying, that sounds so right, but is it biblical? Hmm. And and so we've got to do that. That That's why marriages are falling apart in the church because yeah. we're not thinking biblically about marriage, about the role of the husband, the role uh, of the wife, of, about what God really says about divorce. You know, so we've got to be willing to take every aspect of life, everything we're thinking about that aspect and say, does it line up with scripture? And, and if it doesn't, we have to make it line up with scripture. And you say, well, yeah. how long does this take? <laughs> It'll take until we go into eternity. Because yeah. what I find is when I get one thought in line with scripture, it will uncover five other thoughts yeah. that aren't. So, so it's an ongoing, I, I am, I'm hoping I'm thinking more biblically now than I did a, a year ago. I'm with you on that. I had a professor in college. He had memorized the book of Romans. And he had said every time he looks at Romans, he learns something new. Mm -hmm. And the God's word speaks to us. And that and that 12, too, is such a, a powerful verse about the renewing of our minds. And and it kind of uh, really, again, this whole book dovetails with 12.1 as well. Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Um, because uh, that goes back to our, our principle talk about schools and what, what are we, are we God centered? Are we man centered? Who are we? And, uh, we don't want to be conformed to the patterns of this world. We want to do kingdom education, right? That's what we're talking Amen. about here. Kingdom education. And you, you had a story in the, in the, in this, one of these last couple of chapters, again, we're on 14, 15, 16 about Nehemiah. Um, can you kind of hit that story about Nehemiah and, uh, the importance of, uh, of how he he walked through walking through the culture yeah i i always thought nehemiah was about building a wall yep and and what i found out was after the wall was built there was still more of nehemiah <laughs> and, and i was reading one passage where all of a sudden it just sort of leaped off the page well this is an example of what it means to renew the mind and after the wall was built and I, I see the wall as a sort of the defense mechanism of a godly life. It's salvation, baptism, church membership. The walls can all be up. But then with the walls all in place, in, in one room in the house of God, Eliashib, the high priest, had allowed Tobiah. Now, Tobiah was one of the mockers that tried to destroy the work. Uh, 
he allowed Tobiah to come and set up residence in that room in the center of the house of God. <laughs> and that room was made for what it says, the utensils of God's worship. Yeah. Well, when I read that, it reminded me of the fact that, well, the house of God now, the temple, that's me. Mm. And, and there must be a room in the center of my temple that lines up with this, that it should be for God's utensils. And I realized that's my mind. And because we're born in sin, we're born with the world's thoughts in our mind in, yeah. in that little room. Yeah. And then we allow the world to bring more of the world's thoughts into our mind. Yeah. And what happened, Nehemiah comes back and sees what happened and he gets grieved about it first. Yep. And, and if we don't get grieved about the condition of our minds, we won't do anything about that. Hmm. Then after he got grieved about them, he threw out all of the world's things, Tobias things. If you think about the mind, we throw out all the world's thoughts about all of life. Yeah. We cleanse the wall of our minds with asking for forgiveness. But then here's the important part. We bring God's utensils back into the room. Yeah. We bring God's thoughts in. It's like if you just throw out a bad thought, but don't put a God's thought in, the bad thought will come in. And Jesus talked about this with demons. He said, it'll come in and be stronger than it was the first time. Yeah. So that I, I saw that as a picture of building a godly life. Yes, you've got to have the defensive walls up, but then we've got to renew our minds and think biblically. So great. And such a, a, a reminder of, of the, the deep well of God's word. Oh, and, yes. Uh, and I love the, the overview of Nehemiah of rebuilding the wall. and What a great picture that was, but so much more uh, to teach us. Um, and, uh, that action of replacing those, uh, is something that is taking place daily, hourly, minutely, and, uh, all the time. And we need God for that. You, uh, you, you talked in this, uh, in the last parts of the, uh, book about, uh, there's a movie theater illustration and can you kind of just give us the, the, the quick, uh, uh, overview of that movie theater illustration? Cause I did really enjoy that and uh it put a lot of perspective one just into the, the the reason behind uh kingdom education well the movie theater was a well designed and very plush place and you could go and watch movies and so you go with your kids to watch movies and the one it, it's talking about you know uh let's say it's talking about gender identity and it's going against god's word well, you say, well, I can't stay in there. So you go over to one of the other theaters because, you know, modern theaters have, what, 16 yeah. <laughs> in there. And you go watch and there it's something else that goes against God's word. And, and all of a sudden you realize where every one of these beautiful, and it's free to go there, uh, beautiful free movies that they're going to, it's teaching them error. And, and then you say, well, what do you do? Do you do you go in with them and then afterwards try and debunk everything or do you remove them out of there uh, or do you just let them stay there and say, well, hope, hopefully it won't affect them. And, and of course, when you do it as a movie theater, most parents would say, well, I wouldn't let them stay in there. 
I'd pull yeah. them out. I said, well, that's really what, and, and I don't really say public schools only, but right. any school that is secular. In mm. the public schools, they seem to be free because it's tax dollars and we don't see it. Right. And, and they're well, oh, technology and class design, they're beautiful. But what's being played in those classrooms? Yeah. It's false philosophy, false yeah. teaching. And do we just leave them in there? Or, or do we take them out and put them into biblical uh, places where they're going to be taught truth? And, and it's a it's a question that every parent's got to answer. Yeah. And now in the book, and we haven't talked about this very much, but in the book, Kingdom Education, my first one, there are 10 biblical principles. Right. And I would encourage parents, if nothing else, you look at those 10 biblical principles and in the appendix, there's some application questions that go with them. And, and you say, okay, can I keep my kids where I've got them in school and obey those principles? Hmm. Because that's the big question. Yeah. Because God, God's word doesn't say, don't go to this kind of school or that kind of school, but he does have those principles and he's going to hold parents accountable for whether or not they obey those principles. And, and since I wrote the book, the one thing I have revised, there are now 14 biblical principles in the new book. I cover all 14, but, but those 10 are still, they, they will go and get you centered on what God wants for you as parents. And yeah. then again, for teachers in schools and for church leaders yeah. on how he wants us to educate kids. Those are the principles that have to guide us. Well, that was such a big part of the book. And I, I think that could have been a, a podcast in itself yes, and another conversation. So that's just, uh, I really am encouraging uh, anyone to pick up Kingdom Education by Dr. Glenn Schultz. And um, the last line of the book, uh, you talked about uh, your, your life verse 3 John 4. Um, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And you said, it's my conviction that the home, church, and school can produce godly offspring by following the principles of kingdom education. When this occurs, parents can realize the truth of that passage. Uh, give some, some words of hope and encouragement for those of us listening, those of us uh, still in the middle of of parenting uh, in a different day, Dr. Schultz. And we are just uh, been super grateful for your time and your expertise and your wisdom. So um, what's some last parting words from you? If it were up to us, I'd be very discouraged and probably quit. Yeah. But God is still God. He's still on his throne. Yeah. He still honors his word. He still believes that the family is the most important unit of society. Yeah. He still wants to bless the family and he still wants the family working with the church and with the Christian school to go and make disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. And God will do that no matter how bleak the world gets. Yeah. And he always has used the remnant. Yeah. He's never been in the majority. When right. there are too many in Gideon's army, he got rid of them. So uh, let me show you what I can do. Glory. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to me, 
if, if only one child is impacted by this series of podcasts, it yeah. was worth doing it. But I believe it'll be hundreds. I praise God. Thank you so much, my friend. And um, thank you again for your uh, continued uh, work in this. Uh, we have the Kingdom Education Summit uh, coming up here in Phoenix in a, in a couple weeks. Can you talk about those real quick before we uh, before we sign off? Well, since the book came out, Kingdom Education basically has become sort of a buzzword. Yeah, People use it all the time. And, and I realized they really don't understand what it is. So I bring in primarily church and school leaders, but some parents have come to them where we go right down to the fundamentals and pick it apart and rebuild the whole philosophy of education and what kingdom education really is. And then set up strategies on how to apply at home church and school. And it's probably been the most important uh, conferences that I've put on in my 55 years. They, they have been pretty powerful. So looking forward to, it'll be our second summer doing one there at Northwest Christian. Absolutely. And, and do you, do you know offhand the dates on that, um, Dr. Schultz? Uh, it's the, it's the last uh, Wednesday through Friday of July, I believe. That's right. So coming up in a, in a, in a, in a couple, in a week or so, uh, as when this podcast airs. So uh, yeah, Dr. We have Schultz. another one in North Carolina, July 11th through 13th. Okay. But, uh, the one in Phoenix is uh, the last week. Perfect. Um, I just, uh, I, I, again, pick up this book, um, pursue a biblical worldview wherever you've been before. Um, it's not too late. Um, you have that one, uh, the one homework assignment is to, to pass on Jesus to your children and uh, thankful at Northwest Christian School, we get to partner with you. And thank you for partners like Dr. Glenn Schultz, who's been uh, uh, just a blessing to us um, uh, this summer. And uh, looking forward to our staff developments as well, that we'll be, uh, as a school, continuing to look into this book. So uh, Kingdom Culture Conversations, thank you. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you have a, a great rest of your summer. And we'll see you around school very, very, very soon. Uh, God bless you all. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.